2: In
3: three, now, one. I felt intimidated in the workplace. I wouldn't want to do that. Like, I'm not out there to upset anybody. We have a finite amount of time. We really are meant to make a difference
4: to other humans' lives.
2: As far as cancer concerns, when well, you own a property, so you can't get emergency accommodation. But I can't get into it. Join the conversation! Call 0818 96, 96, 96. Extra WhatsApp
1: 083 396 96
2: 96. Email opinion at 96 FM. This
1: is The Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM.
3: Morning, 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 morning. I'm sorry, I seem to have brought back the rain and the clouds. It was just starting uh, in, in Belfast on Monday as I was getting ready to come home after being up for the... We did, we had a little family trip to the Christmas markets in Belfast. It's lovely. It's really nice. No, it's bigger than what we have down here. But is it better? No, not necessarily better. It's just bigger and an awful lot of food. And the place looks great. But then you come back into Cork and Cork looks marvelous too. it a nice weekend away. It was very cold and very dry up there. And then on Monday, it started to get damp and, and nasty. And unfortunately, I seem to have brought it down with, with me on the train. Um, and... Um, it looks like it's going to turn fairly nasty for the rest of the week. That horrible old damp cold weather that gets into your bones. You know that kind of December weather. Good morning. Thank you to Gareth for Monday and Tuesday. 0818 the number, the text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96, and the email opinion at 96fm.ie. I will give you the password for the 10k toy giveaway at some time this hour, and we play it after 11, another round another chance for you to get through to the draw with Izzy of an evening for one of two daily 500 euro shopping sprees at Smith's Toys also Magical Blarney back with us for another day, their clue I'll give you a lash of that very, very soon Uh, something that got us talking certainly over the weekend yourself and the Queen Bee was this new thing where all of your plastic bottles and cans are going up in the new year. And where you'll have to keep them in bags, bring them back in the boot of the car, and put them into a machine, and you can't crush them, and you you can't damage them. Because otherwise you won't get your money back. Will you even get money back, or will you get a voucher to go into the shop that you just... Get to that uh, during the morning. But certainly... Oh, the the truth of it is, your plastic bottles and cans are going up. They're going up with a new tax. Now, you can get the tax back, but you actually have to do something. Work. Put yourself out to get back your tax. But there you go. Which means some people won't take their tax back. But I, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. 0818 96, 96, 96. Let us go to the courts, though. Two cases of interest... Yesterday, in a moment, uh, Maury, we'll talk about the Richard Satchwell case that was up for mention. Yesterday, But first, tell me about Aaron Bamings, Babington, charged with the murder. Good morning.
5: Good morning, Peter. Yeah, so yesterday, a 30-year-old Aaron Babington of Churchfield Avenue in Cork appeared before Cork District Court yesterday morning. And he's charged with the murder earlier this year of thirty-two a 32-year-old man. Now, Jason Butler passed away at Cork University Hospital on the 16th of June of this year. And uh, he'd been the victim of an alleged attack two days earlier. Now, the charge is um, with the murder of Jason Butler on the Grand Parade on June 14th earlier this year, so 2023. Mr. Butler uh, was a native of Middleton here in County Cork. Now, yesterday before the court, Detective Garda Pat Russell gave evidence of arrest charge and caution in the case and he told the court that Mr. Babington made no reply to the charge when it was put to him under caution. Now, the judge yesterday was Mary Dorgan and uh, she was told that the DPP has directed trial by indictment at the Central Criminal Court and has consented to the accused going forward to the Central Criminal Court on a signed plea of guilty should that arise. Now he's been remanded in custody until December 12th next so he's appearing again uh, later this month and the defence solicitor in the case Aoife Bottomer consented to the remand in custody and as we know with these uh, charges of this nature bail can't be granted mm-hmm. at district court level when the charge is uh, one of murder so as I say, Aaron Babington remanded in custody and will appear again at Cork District Court on December 12th via video link and uh, this incident happening on June 14th last in Grand Parade uh, in Cork City Centre.
3: Okay, and that was an ongoing one due in the Centre of Criminal Court, one suspects early in the new year. Now Richard Satchwell, back in court Maureen, this really an update but a question raised I think about how long it's taken to put a file together.
5: That's it so uh, what the court heard yesterday and this of course was in uh, County Tipperary at uh, Cashel District Court and uh, what the court heard was that oh, sorry it was Clonmel District Court rather mm-hmm. this, there was an appearance in Cashel earlier um, in the year and it was Clonmel District Court, beg my pardon, yesterday. Now what the court heard was that the Garda file on the Tina Satchwell case is at an advanced stage and the judge yesterday uh, Judge Brian O'Shea he, he remarked that it was quite surprising uh, that the Garda file has yet to be sent to the DPP and this case. He said, you know, that it was, it was in the interests of Richard Satchwell and the family of Tina Satchwell that the DPP receive it in the near future. Now, what the court was told was uh, Detective Garda, David Kelleher, said that 38 statements were requested from the initial arrest, detention, further extensions and the subsequent rearrest of Richard Satchwell. And he said they were also awaiting state pathologist, forensic, forensic archaeology, anthropology, state laboratory and toxicology reports but did stress that uh, the file is at an advanced stage and that they are hoping to have it with the DPP before the end of this year now as we know Richard Satchwell appeared in a Tipperary court uh, having previously been charged with the murder of his wife uh, Tina Satchwell and Richard Satchwell with an address at Grattan Street in Yall in County Cork was charged with the murder of his wife um, at a sitting of Cashel District Court on the 14th of October of this year and uh, the, st- the charge was that on March 20th 2017 at a location in Cork that he murdered Tina Satchwell contrary to common law and that was the charge that Richard Satchwell is facing now as you know, he was charged after Gardaí found the skeletal remains of Tina Satchwell. They were excavating a concrete floor and walled-up area underneath the stairwell of her home in Yoll, and uh, as I say, appeared before Cashel District Court charged with murder with the murder of his wife. And the latest, there they're hoping um to have that file, the Garda file, with the DPP before the end of this year. And again, he's been remanded in custody um, until the second of January. So just uh, early next year, he'll be back before the courts and. They are stressing that they're hoping to have that file with the TPP before uh, this year comes to an end. OK,
3: it's worth pointing out for listeners who mightn't be aware, Maureen, as you know and I know, that there is a limited amount of time that the guards have to put that file together. Um, but but they will, be, they will always be granted right up to the very last day. Thank you for that. So Thank Richard, you. Richard, Richard Satch was back in court uh, in early January and Aaron Babington, back in court on December the 12th, thank you for that 0818 96 96 alright the password for today is reindeer, and we had a good day yesterday a very good day, because in the evening Angela got a phone call
0: oh, that is that easy? <gasps> girl it is oh, baby. how's it going girl, how are you keeping? i oh, Jesus, I'm brilliant now since I got the phone call from you, Izzy. Well, you've probably gathered that the reason I'm ringing you, Angela, is because you have bagged yourself a 500 euro toy shopping spree! <laughs> Oh, Izzy, thank you so much. How many times did you enter, Angela? Every day since the start the uh, every show. I listen <laughs> every single day to every single show. Love it. Angela, massive fan of you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'm delighted for you. Oh, thank you, Izzy, for ringing. I, oh, I'm so happy.
3: That's our second winner on The Opinion Line. I remember last week and won yesterday with Gareth. Let's see if it could be you today on the 10K toy giveaway. Remember, the password today is reindeer, and we're playing after 11. This is the final week. If we call you back, you'll be in the draw. And there are two shopping sprees every evening with Izzy Show Busy. It's Cork's 96pm 10k toy giveaway with your local credit union. Helping you have a wonderful Christmas only on Corks 96 FM. Remember that password, it's reindeer.
2: Join the conversation.
1: This
3: is the Opinion
1: Live.
2: With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Corks 96 FM. With your local Mace. Amazing value, sure to make you smile this Christmas
1: check this out Simon Murdoch and the best music mix
2: weekdays from midday on Korg's 96 FM let's have some fun Christmas tunes and Christmas trips Lapland how long are you going to Lapland for? three nice to myself for my two girls and have you been a good girl? I've been a very good girl and you know every afternoon I'm good for a giveaway thank you awesome your daily soundtrack is sorted be with me weekdays from 12
1: Simon Murdoch midday to 4pm
2: with first south credit Union for your needs are put before profits. First sat Credit Union members come first. Is this is this how we do it?
3: Corks ninety six FM. Around this time last year, I was chatting, I think in the studio with uh, Barry Holland at uh, Cork Airport, and I was saying to Joe, "We'd love to be going back to Greece out of Cork. It's been, if I think, if I'm remembering rightly, it's the bones of twenty years since you could get to Greece." out of Cork. Well, wait no more. Starting in June we'll be going to Rhodes twice a week. First ever direct flights out of Cork. It's one of three flights uh, being announced this morning by the airport. Owen Corrie joins me from Travel Extra Morning. Owen.
4: Good morning DJ.
3: Great news. We have Greece, we have Croatia and we have um, Brussels.
4: It's a very interesting one because These whole schedule that Ryanair have been putting into the system has been relatively slow to load. Um, They put a lot of flights in last night. They didn't actually make an announcement, but needless to say, the eagle-eyed people of Cork were very quick to pick up. Uh, As you say, the Cork to Rhodes flight—it's been a long, long time waiting for us, and uh, it came. It's loaded in the system. It's twice weekly. And um, it's come, it's for next summer. It's likely to be uh, seasonal. And we do have uh, Charleroi coming in in March. And we also have a Zadar in Croatia flight, which had already been loaded. That's starting in June. So that's three new routes. It brings the total of, for Cork Airport, back up to the mid 50s, about 54 routes. It means that also, I mean, the, the figures were announced earlier this week. Uh, Cork Airport back on track to about 2.7 million. Uh, passengers this year it's within sight of where it was when it peaked uh, during Mm. the years of the Celtic Tiger but of course things were a lot different then and that's the time you were talking about when we laughed at flights from Cork to Greece
3: I I would say it's the bones of 20 years Owen I can remember going out of Cork in 1997 I think Uh, but I can't remember going since
4: yeah, and I suspect it was a charter flight then. And there are sort of, uh, you know, the, the problem with the what happened uh, from around the late 90s to the middle of the Celtic Tiger Time, 2006-2007, was that charters really suffered terribly because their lunch was eaten by Ryanair and Erlingus, to a lesser extent by Erlingus. But the charters... The, Cream charter routes, the Malagas, the Faroes, Palma, the New York, all of those uh, low cost airlines moved in on them. Now, Greece still is very much a charter route. TUI would be a very important operator on that. Um, they would, the hotel stock uh, that you have in Rhodes would still come under, uh, come under, come under the remit of the tour operators in a way mm-hmm. that the independent booker doesn't yeah. really... Roads will,
3: will be difficult to do your own building out of, won't it? It'll be, it'll be difficult to build your own, get your own apartment, get your own transfers. It would, yeah,
4: yeah, I think... But there are uh, packages uh, available from the likes of TUI, and TUI own roads, really. They are the major tour operators there from all of Europe so they could you can buy your uh, your your accommodation packages there we mm. Ryanair already operate there out of Dublin uh, but it's too we have a presence there still mm. it's still very much a tour operators market and that's what's interesting and in what's been happening in recent weeks is that Greece uh, and Croatia which is also an option out of Cork which traditionally would have been more tool operator, and um, we see low cost operators going in. Uh, Ryanair uh, have, oper- have announced three. It's quite unusual for Ryanair to base aircraft just for the summer and then move the entire operation out for the winter. But they've been doing that in Zadar um, and in uh, they just announced Sarajevo uh, last week. And mm. uh, not Irish flights, but it seems to be a new tactic of Ryanair's.
3: Right. You, depend- you may be sure there's money there, Owen, if Ryanair are going after it. You can be absolutely sure they're making money there.
4: It's quite complex. It's, it's actually the, the profitability of the route long ago used to be how much people would pay and could you fill the plane, uh, could you fill the aircraft. Ryanair has managed to uh, come in with this amazing marketing and uh, negotiating thing where they go to airports and say, um, I can bring you two million passengers um, and how much does it work to you? And they get subsidized yeah. by regional governments and regional airports. And I suspect a bit of what's going on here is that uh, it's, it, the reason they can do that, by the way, is they do deliver. They deliver mm-hmm. um, to, to more than 90% load factors on every single route that they open.
3: Yeah, now we've got. Greece will be huge out of Cork because it's it's big out of Dublin and it's very popular for island hopping. It's roads will be a good base for island hopping because it's well served with ferries and stuff to to the other islands if you want to do a bit of island hopping.
4: And it's a big island. I mean, people uh, sometimes forget uh, it's about the size of County Waterford. So it's you know it's it's not uh, massive, but it does. take, It is an island you could hire a car and drive around. And mm-hmm. um, it became an issue with the fires last year that most of the uh, impact of the fires was quite a distance away from where okay. the people were staying. But it is a good place, and Greece has been growing. It's still you 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 could keeping a. Sense of perspective on this, PJ. That most of Cork's uh, sun routes are to Spain, and Spain, uh, one island in Spain, for instance, Gran Canaria, would do as many visitors from Ireland as the whole of Greece would in a exactly. year. So it's still, it's still, Spain still dominates, followed by Portugal in terms of sun, France in terms of overall visits, uh, but Greece and Turkey, um, they're good alternatives, and they're very interestingly the post-pandemic, have been growing very strongly out of Ireland. I suspect part of that is the fact that they, they subsidised uh, Ryanair to open up a lot of these rooms. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Christmas breaks Lanzarote, Tenerife, Gran Canaria are still very popular they're booking heavily I think for Christmas at a Cork
4: Very heavily booked and the prices out of Cork seem to be a spiking uh, oh, Don't
3: a go there Owen Don't go um, there <laughs> We know. I think,
4: I think that they probably called the demand uh, they probably but the supply was outstripped by demand a little bit more than the airlines expected there are issues also um, with airlines, aircraft delivery That might affect Ryanair's entire schedule from last year. We had to pair back; they paired back a few of their uh, routes this year because aircraft didn't arrive in time. And um, Michael O'Leary is doing his usual fuming about that. But we do have uh, this—you know—you have a good range because you have um, not just Gran Canaria and and, um, uh, Gran Canaria Lanzarote and Tenerife, but you also have Fuerteventura. Which uh, the, the way the hierarchy of the Canaries is. But most Irish people go to Lanzarote and then Gran Canaria and then Tenerife and so mm. the material Sometimes gets left behind. It tends to be the one that you can get the better value, and the others the prices spike to the yeah. other ones. It's, it's
3: the it's the quieter of them. A lot of people go there for for longer holidays than just the two weeks as well. Just here, this Brussels trip, Charleroi. Now I remember the last time Charleroi came up out of Cork. Like you got to get a train.
4: It is a, it, yeah. There's bus train options. It's not on the metro. Uh, Deventum, the main Brussels airport, is on the metro. It's two stops, three stops downtown. Charleroi is, it's, it's been, you know, when it started, it was basically a tent. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you, you were, you were out, you were out in the in the countryside, and it was. I, um, I, I suspect that's why Ryanair went there because it was much much cheaper than Ventum. Then they had a row with Ventum, and now Charleroi is where they're doing most of their flying to. Um it's, it's not as uh, it's not as disconnected as it once was, but you are talking about a bus uh, of about four stops to get the metro, and then you get into town. So it is a little bit awkward.
3: Yeah, you'll want you want you wouldn't want to be in a hurry for an eight o'clock in the morning meeting going that one. But listen, <laughs> it's connectivity, and we will all appreciate it. I see their own where Cork's been shortlisted to host. Uh, the 2026 Congress of the World Federation of Tourist Guide Associations, and that's a mouthful. When will we know?
4: Um, The announcement will probably, the, the big pitch comes in January. The Congress, the World Congress is on, um, in, in a few weeks' time. There are about four candidates up for it, and uh, it's very, very good work by Apke, who are the tour guides of Ireland. Um, Maureen Hearn is based in Cork uh, for many years, the, president. So the current president is from Cork as well. So it's a very um, well-organised a uh, body that, you know, brought regulation to tour guides and, you know, made sure it stopped, kept standards of tour guides going for many years. And tour guides suffered very, very heavily during the pandemic because they were the ones that were usually sole traders. So um, their and their livelihood was just was swept away from them for two years. But what, um, they, it takes a lot of work to get the pitch in for this uh, World Congress when it comes, it'll be very, very valuable for Irish tourism because effectively you get the representatives of the tour mm. guides from around the world, and you get to showcase your island, mm. and you obviously bring them to see all the wonderful attractions around
3: Cork and Kerry. And Would Cork be uh, considered favourites at this stage?
4: Owen? I think I think we get hit to the good rattle, and um, what tends to happen with Congress is in an, uh, when Ireland goes up for them, there is much more interest. Uh, not just from delegates, but from the families of delegates. It's a sort of an attractive place to come rather than some of the big city locations that. These uh, congresses end up, it would be a lovely thing to get and a tremendous mm-hmm. kudos to ACCII for getting it even this far to get to the bidding process. Yeah,
3: I, I suspect some optimism in your voice there, Owen, but time will have to tell. Thank you, Owen Curry of uh, travelextra.ie. It's three new flights announced out of, well, not announced formally, but they're there. They've gone up on the system, according to Owen Curry. The Cork to Charleroi in Brussels starts 31st March with Ryanair. Cork roads, roads in Greece, starting June 1st, Wednesdays and Saturdays. And then on the Dalmatian coast to Croatia, there's a third flight, Zadar, Zadar, uh, to Croatia. That's your kind of Game of Thrones experience, isn't it? Or part of it anyway. So they'll be coming in 2024 and possibly more in the spring, possibly more. Good travel news out of Cork. 0818 96 Speaking of travel, I picked up a survey there in the last while about the cost of EVs driving an electric car. And I was always the one who said, you know what, they're desperately expensive. They're fierce dear. They're w- wicked deer to buy. They're wicked dear to put in a charger into the house. Sure, we'll be forever uh, changing to them things because they're too expensive. Now comes a survey. Of nearly a thousand drivers from Dundee, who say 85% of the people who currently drive electric cars in Ireland have noted that running costs are much cheaper than their previous petrol or diesel car. Um, a survey of nearly a thousand drivers, done in November of 2023, which means that's a good, that that's a solid finding. That's a solid finding. Driving an electric vehicle is much cheaper than my previous car was. Geraldine Herbert, uh, motoring editor of the Sunday Independent. Geraldine, dare I say it? You told me so. Good morning.
6: Have you driven an automatic yet, PJ? That's what I want to
3: know. No, I have not yet driven an automatic. My sister got one recently and says it's a game changer. I'm terrified.
6: You need to take it for a spin and just get rid of all those fears and you'll realise, you know what, this is so much easier. I don't know what I was worried about, especially if you're sitting in congested traffic. You don't have any of that hassle, just the car does all the hard work. So
3: do try it. The value thing, Geraldine, you've been saying to me for a while, it'll settle itself, it's settling itself.
6: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that according to the Dundeele survey, like literally 85% of electric car drivers find that they're paying much less. What's interesting is it doesn't tell us where they're charging because where the real saving is going to be is if you're charging at home. And if you avail of one of these night rates, you can really, really make a saving. Now, if you're relying completely on the public network, that's different because you're paying a fair enough amount of money. But even at that, you're still probably going to be working out that, that you're saving money. But definitely, PJ, if you can charge from home and the vast majority of people who buy an electric car have a driveway and they can put in a charging point at home, they're making a serious saving.
3: The initial cost is still quite high, or, or is it starting to come down?
6: I'll tell you, there's more new cars at different price points now. And, you know, you have the likes of the MG4, which is a really good... F- family car, suitable for, you know, if you had two kids, a four kind of um, a four family um car and that's, at the moment, it's at a really good price it's like 29000 it does close to 400 kilometres of range you know, so there are, suddenly it's not the hugely expensive um option that it was. Now that said, if you go into a dealership and you look at maybe three cars all similarly sized you know, an electric, a petrol and diesel, the electric one is still going to be that bit more expensive so there's still a premium to be paid but the running costs are there and As I said, you know, there's different price points now. So it's, you know, there is, we're getting to the point where there is really a car for everybody. You know, we're not there completely, but certainly, you know, it's getting better.
3: And sales are up, are they?
6: Yeah, sales are up. What's interesting at the moment, PJ, I mean, we started from a very small number in the last few years, and obviously the sales were almost doubling year on year. So what they were really were the early adopters. Now we've got to a stage where the early adopters have adopted, and what we're really trying to to sort of coax are the, the committed petrol and diesel buyers out of those cars and into electrics. So the numbers are still growing, but the rate of growth has slowed down because that is, you know, these are a much harder, I suppose, buyer to convince. And these are the people who are concerned about the charging infrastructure, the residual values, you know, the the range anxiety, all of that. So, you know, the numbers are up and they're still increasing. But as I said, that that core buyer is harder to convince.
3: I remember talking to people about this a year or two ago and they said, you know what, I don't mind having electric as the the second car, the runabout, the city car, but I still wouldn't trust one as my my go-to car for going to work. Is that changing?
6: yeah I think that's definitely changing, and again when people get behind an EV like the brand new ones that have been sold now have ranges of anything from four and it's five hundred um, kilometers is not you know is not rare at this stage so you know most of your commuting will be more or less catered for um you know, you know for the week with with a single charge most people are not doing anything in, in excess of that where the issue still presents itself is if you're going on a long journey and I suppose the thing is people get into their petrol or diesel car and they cross the country and they don't think twice they don't have to plan the journey. Unfortunately, you know, with a, with an EV you do have to think about where am I going to charge it because most EVs no matter how good they are, you might like say if I was going to Cork, I'll get down to Cork and I did this last week, but I still have to stop in Cashel on the way home to charge the car. So you do have to make those stops and I think that's where it still requires a bit of planning. But on a day-to-day basis, most EV drivers have no real issues with range. It's really only those long
3: journeys Talk to me about this new brand, BYD. I've seen posters and heard ads. Are these a game changer, like, like Dacia was with petrol cars?
6: Yeah, I mean, they are a huge car company. I think they're the third biggest in the world. And yet most people have never heard of them. And they have been in the business for a very long time. And they they produce all sorts of vehicles like buses and commercial vehicles. So it's not just cars. But they have come in and they came in early in the year with um, the Atto 3. And this is an, an SUV. They now have a hatchback and a saloon coming as well. And they have a really good range of cars. And, you know, I suppose they're a, they're a new name. It'll be interesting to see how Irish buyers, because I think Irish buyers are still quite conservative and we kind of like our recognisable names. So it'll be interesting to see they're selling quite well at the moment. And there's certainly an awful lot of interest in them. Again, in the EV done deal survey, they show that they were in the top 20 most searched for cars. So maybe we're becoming, you know, a bit more adventurous in our buying. But definitely they present great value. And they have um, a cobalt-free battery as well so a lot of people have a lot of concerns about the environmental aspect around you know cobalt and all of that in terms of how it's mined and everything but their batteries are cobalt free so that should make people think twice so you know in terms of that as well.
3: Come back to me on the cost of of using an EV and certainly the findings of this Dundee survey they lay it out very straight but you mentioned that the cheapest way to run it is to charge at home there's no doubt about that but putting the charger in at home is still expensive and the government have they, have, are they still giving you grants to put in the charger because they're not cheap
6: yeah, there's still a grant of €600, Euros, and actually now you can get that regardless of whether you have a, an EV or not. When that was first introduced, you had to have the reg of the car before you could get the grant, but now you, anybody can put in a grant, which is, you know, so if you, you, know, if you just want to add value to your house, it might be an idea if you had a driveway or you're considering it at some stage getting an EV. Are you have friends that have an EV or something and, and you know, visit you? It's definitely worth it. In terms of the cost, it can work out at about 1300 to get um, a charger in. Obviously, the 600 comes off that, and you pay the balance now it could be slightly more expensive if your driveway is a more complicated setup but normally that's the sort of price you're looking at so that's not bad when you think about it and then what you need to do i suppose is get a night rate, um depending on who your electricity provider is and see what the best deal is there but there are some really good deals for a for a a night rate on it and to charge your car then
3: pick an electric car that you know well geraldine you've driven them all connecting my car to the night rate in the driveway to charge it from 0 to full how much how much are we talking about
6: I tell you, an interesting thing came in the, um, recently from the AA, and they normally look at fuel prices, but they've started also looking at electric charging. So, to just give you some stats that they had, they had that the average EV driver is now paying 978 per year to fuel their vehicle, and this is down from 1,017 the previous month. Now, that's for 17,000 kilometres per year. Now, if you were to do that in a diesel equivalent, it would cost you 2,154. So, quite a saving there. Now, the other thing they said that was those taking advantage of cheap night rates could see their annual fuel bill to cover 17,000 kilometres being as low as 300 per year. Get away. Yes. Now, I don't know what the rate that they're quoting for that is, but that, that there are rates out there that if you were just exclusively charging at home that you could actually do it that cheaply.
3: i come back lastly to the charging on the road like you did uh, up in Cashel. What's to stop those commercial operators jacking up the price?
6: Well, I mean, I suppose they can at any time but they're quite competitive because there's quite a few companies that have moved in now so they're all vying for your business and obviously like any business, the more companies that are there, you know, the more the price will be competitive and a lot of those as well, like they have various incentives to make you return to their particular charging points so they'll offer you um, a subscription rate uh. you know, if you, if you decide to, to join their membership or whatever so there's all. So you have to be quite savvy. I suppose the annoying thing at the moment is lots of different providers with lots of different apps and lots of different subscription charges we will get to a stage where you'll be able to just tap and go all of them and it'll be an awful lot easier and that's coming in in terms of eu regulations by 2025 so there's still a lot of work to be done i suppose pj in terms of making it easier for people to get from one side of the country to the other in terms of charging and all sorts but we are getting there
3: and you did say to me a few years ago that we would get there geraldine always a pleasure thank you
6: not at all pj
3: Geraldine, thanks Geraldine. Geraldine Herbert from the Sunday Independent, she's a motoring editor and also wheelsforwomen.ie is her website. Now she did tell me, she did tell me the cost would come down, but I want to hear from you. Floor's open. Have you bought an EV, say in the last 6 to 12 months, and has the price of motoring gone down for you? Or is it still, as I said before I brought Geraldine in, is it still wicked dear? Like does it take you months to work back the price of the charger and the extra price of the car. Just just do our own little survey. Done deal have done theirs, and people are very happy. See what uh, what our listeners say. 083-396-96-96. we are with Magical Blarney all this week. Cork's favourite Santa experience in Blarney Woolen Mills. We have 250 euro vouchers every day. A chance to win with Blarney Woolen Mills, so you can experience their cosy Christmas cafe and their shopping complex for yourself. Now, there's a song in here, There's a bit of a movie in here, and there's a sound associated with Christmas. I was listening to Gareth with this yesterday. They're tough. So you'll need to hear it a few times, and we'll make sure that happens. Here's the first time today. That's it. I'm not going. Oh, good night, Irene. I haven't a hope. I get the first one, of course, but the rest you can forget about. I said I'm not going I think I have the last one as well If you have the three of those 083-396-96-96 With your name I will draw a winner later this morning A builder called Michael Barrett That's who he really is Shaken Stevens One of 11 children And he could retire on the profits Of that which he did He's 75 years old now is yeah, 75 is shaking Stevens. Merry Christmas, everyone. Cork's 96 FM. Just on the subject of motoring, I nearly forgot to say this. The tolls are going up again. It's all going up. Nothing's going down. Tolls are going up again. It'll be gone up like 20 cents or something in the course of the year. You see, they get it back off you, and you'll save on your electric car, right? You'll save money in your electric car. <laughs> They'll get it back at the Toll Gate let
2: Join the Conversation.
1: This is the Opinion line
2: With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie.
1: 96FM the
2: Cork Diary. On Cork's 96FM. Valley Garvin Camogie Club's annual
0: bazaar takes place on Sunday the 10th of December in Valley Garvin National School at 2pm. With a visit from Santa on the day and plenty of prizes to be won, it promises to be a great family day out. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to Diary at 96FM.ie.
3: I don't often find myself nodding my head in total agreement with anything a politician says. Any politician. But I definitely had to agree with Michal Martin in the last few days when he said hurling is our national game. It's unique to Ireland. It's something we should promote. That's my view in relation to that. And he was speaking about GAA Go which before the season even starts is causing controversy again. Cork and Waterford, Cork and Clare, Cork and Limerick in the hurling next year will all be on GAA Go. In the football Cork and Kerry in the semi-final, should we get past Limerick, that will also be on GAA Go. As if there wasn't enough hassle about it last spring. They're every intention of doing it again. And people are not happy. And I'm particularly in agreement with me, Martin, about hurling. And I think Donald Cusack has also weighed in with his twopence worth as well. He said this is a decision to coin it off of hurling. Gavin, a uh, big GAA fan Do you have GAA Go? Good morning Good morning PJ, how are you keeping? Very well sir, do you have it? I don't have it at the moment to be honest
7: mm. And I I don't know Would I be in a position to pay for it At the moment with the way Fees are set out Sure. So like as What I mean by that is like We're already paying the TV licence Which is what, €160? Yeah if you went to the I oh, wouldn't have the figures here no, like, but say no you went to the central statistics office and you got a you got an idea of how many households actually pay the TV license mm-hmm. Park that aside for a moment, right? That hundred and sixty euros, rather than taking more money out of the the household's pay pa- pack, would it not be better served rebranding that GA go seventy euros as a sporting licence, and then the other 90 as an entertainment licence. That in turn is your €160 Euros, and that effectively is your TV licence. If the GA Go was part of the TV licence and a sports remit, yeah. I would guarantee that there'd be more subscription, there'd be more households paying the TV licence then. Because you know yourself, PJ, Are, are you the way suggesting,
3: society, Gavin, oh, sorry, are you suggesting that what RTE should do would be instead of opera, and it is, by all accounts, I've never used it myself, I've watched a couple of games on it in someone's house, it's very clunky. It's it's quite difficult to work, and are you suggesting that maybe RGE should set up a paid sports channel that we could s- subscribe to?
7: As long as the TV licence fee doesn't go up, if they nearly merge together and work together. I right. think that would be far more efficient and they could tweak things out. Because, I mean, you, they can't expect people to pay anymore. So sure, the way society is going, a couple of years down the road, there's going to be a talking tax, there's going to be a laughing levy. Do <laughs> you know what I do? We just, I, I think that GA go at 69 euros at the moment, right? But I think that should be part of your TV license fee, not an add-on. Right,
3: and that if you no, don't take br- it, your I license will be less. Of that. Is that it? Sorry. If you don't get it, if you don't decide to take it, that your license will cost you less.
7: Yeah, you should just have what we're paying at the moment, say that €160, Euros, that should be an entertainment license of €90. Euros. Yeah. And then for any sports in general, that should be like a sports license of 70 And those two combined then would be your €160. That's, I understand. I, I think. That would be common sense. No, I know there's a a law going to be passed in the dial that like common sense is going to be a chargeable offence <laughs> in the road. It's not that common anymore. Like, but uh, look, yeah. you have to you have to put these notions out there and these ideas, and someone might think about them. You know, mm. it's it's good to talk about it and have it, it, discussions it is. about it these
3: is. things. Well, I mean, RT have a dedicated news channel that they put the news on twenty four seven. You can see why they would. You know, it might put up a sports channel if he, people. Prepared to pay for it as part of their license, so that if you pay your license fee and you include the sports element of it, you get all the matches. But how would you? How would That's you feel? It. How would you feel then about certain games have to be shown free to air? Like,
7: well, this, this, this would. Uh, this this sports license and entertainment license would take that uh, that issue out of it because mm-hmm. a lot of the lot of the the people that enjoy, love their hurling, are probably paying their TV licence at the moment, which is the €160. Euros. And I can see their grievances if they're expected to further pay another 70 for the GAA Go. I don't think that's good enough. Okay. I, pe- people are paying far too much in taxes as it, as it is. And they should really sit down and have a look at this TV licence and review it.
3: Okay. All right, good points. Well made, Gavin. Thank you. 08, 96, 96, 96, I think is Alex ready to go there on one. Just those are the three matches. Now, I've said this before. I can look Gaelic football, I'll watch it. Do you know what I mean? But hurling is the finest game in the world. And it's a joy to watch. It's the real beautiful game. Whoever robbed those words and applied them to soccer never saw a hurling match in in in, in their life. I know. Hang myself. Alex. Hi there. Hiya, uh, do you would, do you, you you don't watch G at all? No,
8: I'm not really. a fan. I'm not from where part of the country where it is. what well, my wife's a massive fan. I try to get my kids into it because it's good for the community. Sure. But it's sure. it's not my it's not my thing. I watch football. I watch rugby. I also watch a bit of wrestling. Okay. And the wrestling is something like ten euros a month or fifteen euros a month, and I have access to a pay per view every month, hundreds of documentaries. Um, uh, any match from 10 different companies for the last 50 years
9: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
8: and and I know they're a big multinational and they're better but it's that's value for money like even if you're only a casual fan that's you can pick it up for a month
3: mm. how much do you pay a month? about 15 euro 15 euro and for that you've all your major wrestling events from all over the world and the the archive as well like the old res- <laughs> you still have the old Wrestlemania do you from Hulk Hogan and Andre the oh, Giant all of this. All,
8: all of those and then if I've ever been to a show I can show my son going. I was at this one and then
3: I can bring it up I see yeah 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 it's like a in, like in, like in, like in Netflix for wrestling then
8: oh it is completely that's exactly what it is and yeah. they've had that going for about 10 years now
3: I see. I see. Now compare that to what GA want to do. Charges is it seventy euro for the season, uh,
8: and the fact that the, none of that money goes back to the players. I know you can say it goes to some of it goes to the clubs, but as far as going back to the wrestling, the wrestlers get a percentage of every time they're shown on the on the screen. Do they? And if they're not, yes, or okay. it's in their contract. they going because you're on this. There's wrestlers who have retired twenty years. They get a royalty check from that the, the the network showings I every see. quarter.
3: Can't 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 imagine fellas in Cork or Kerry or Tip or Clare or Waterford or any places like that getting a couple of quid off the GAA go profits. Alex, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Happy to take this one uh, after ten. Will you pay for GAA go next year, um, or is it just plain wrong that the best games in the hurling championship in Munster? Cork and Waterford Cork and Clare Cork and Limerick will all be behind a paywall Is that good enough?
2: Join the conversation
1: This is the Opinion Live
2: With Hidden Hearing Focus solely on your hearing health for over 35 years They're all ears Visit hiddenhearing.ie Cork's 96 FM
1: The Minds are Live hello
2: Join the conversation! Call 0818 96 96, 96. Text or WhatsApp
1: 083 396 96,
2: 96 Email opinion at 96
1: FM.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Watch
3: Just thinking there, and I was reading the papers this morning and listening to the follow on from last night's debate stroke, non debate stroke pantomime in the doll about uh, Helen McEntee and the vote of confidence stroke no confidence yet you know don't you and if you don't I hope you do you know don't you that it was only ever gonna go one way and you you know don't you that Sinn Féin even in bringing forward the motion knew it was only going to go one way like this was a pantomime better than Jack and Beanstalk Better than Aladdin, better than Cinderella, better, you name it. You name the pantomime, Christmas pantomime. This was better than that. It was only ever going to go one way. She was only ever going to win that vote. And you know why? Because even the people bringing it forward didn't really want to beat her. Because we'd have been facing, very likely, into an election on the 29th of December. How would you have liked them apples? So nobody really wants it, Helen McEntee to be done last night or acting like that no wouldn't it? not even the people bringing it forward you know but oh, look oppositions are going to oppose but they oppose when it's nice and safe <laughs> you know that is that is the thing they're going to oppose when it's nice and safe I don't think they'd have put it I don't think they'd have put it I, and if they were there listening to me this morning I don't think they'd have put that motion up last night if they thought they could possibly find themselves into an election in the at in, in the end of December but it's just me just me being a bit of an old cynic. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six the number. The text to WhatsApp is oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six and the email is opinion at ninety six of m dot Back to the G A A and G A A go, which is far more interesting to people, I would think, than um, than what happened last night, or rather, didn't happen last night. G A A go, Paula. You a subscriber? Good morning.
10: Hi Neil. No, no, I, I don't subscribe to it. Okay. Um, I'm 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 a bit of a GA fan, not a massive fan. Um, I'll try to follow along when Cork are doing well, but I wouldn't follow every game in the series, you know. Yeah, so yeah. but but my dad is. My dad okay. my parents are I guess.
3: Right, right. And would he be interested in seeing, for example, those three matches that I mentioned, in particular in the hurling player, Waterford and Limerick?
10: Well, okay, so he's a Limerick man himself. Right. Um, his dad is from Tipperary and they've they've basically been GA and hurling fans since probably the 40s or the 50s, I yeah. imagine, you know.
9: Yeah.
10: Um, he would basically watch anything match in the world as long as they're hurling or hurling. He wouldn't care who it is, you know. Yes. Um, but he, he follows everything that he can. He loves every game. He comes watching my kids playing hurling. You know, he's, he's an absolute avid hurling and football fan, but mainly the hurling, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the, the issue I have is that in his house, um, he doesn't have even broadband or Wi-Fi in the house, you know. Yes. Um, he's got one of those old interview boxes and he gets to watch a couple of matches but you know the way the matches have been getting less and less the whole time and if they're being moved over to GAA Go now you know, he, he's he's watching less and less again, and mm-hmm. like he's not going to get. He he doesn't move to smartphones. He he's not going to move to broadband or Wi-Fi. Like my mom is still with him, luckily, and she's um she's afraid of her life of Wi-Fi. She she feels that if you move Wi-Fi into the house, that there's this radiation bouncing around the place, and they'll all be dead in a week from us and everything. So it's it's <laughs> not as if internet is going to be moving into their house anytime know, soon. You know, I know. But
3: so, you feel it's hard
10: on them. Yeah, it is, it is, you know, because unfortunately he doesn't have the strength anymore, he's 88 years of age now, he doesn't have the strength to, to attend the stadium himself, you know, yeah. and he doesn't have the energy to climb the steps and whatever, so, so going to the matches, unfortunately, over the last few years has become less and less and less of an option, even if it's down the park here in Cork, um, yeah. so, you know, I just feel for him because I think he's missing out. And well, if, well, if you look, you look know, at it there,
3: if he's as into his hurling as you say he is, Cork mm-hmm. and Waterford, Cork and Clare, Cork and Limerick... There are three matches he'd want to sit down and watch and oh, be 100%. glued to.
10: A hundred percent. He absolutely would. He'd be warming up to tell you for an hour beforehand he'd have us <laughs> all hunted out of the house. Yep. You know. And now <laughs> it's kind of behind the paywall. Exactly, exactly. And, like, he's not going to go there. He's not going to get the GA go because, like I said, they don't have even the facilities in the house. We've offered so many times to get them in for him and, you know, they won't. They won't get that in because of their own, you know, reasons. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, now he's going to, you know, he's going to miss out. And I really feel for him because of that, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. And you'd feel for a lot of people like that. Do you know
10: people who, absolutely I feel a large pop- a large percentage of population who do follow the GAs would be a lot of the elderly and the retired and the OIPs and I mean an awful lot of them are just on pensions anyway and I mean are they expected to pay an extra seventeen? You now for this you know
3: yes yes and and it's oh, even dearer in fact if you go game by game and watch the games you want it's even more expensive
10: okay there you go again so yeah that, I mean that's going to sting them you know for it hurts like in a, in a time when we're all trying to save a few pence anyway you yeah. know it's it's really hard on them, you know. And they
3: don't even have a have a smartphone to watch it on, let alone it, let alone the Wi Fi.
10: That's no. it. That's it. They have they have the old big Nokia brick with the <laughs> with the buttons on it, you know. And that's <laughs> about
3: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so. that. And that's a pity. And, and that he can't. Even though the facilities in Parky Creeve are marvellous these days, it's just it's a bit beyond him physically to to make the game. It isn't is?
10: it? Yeah, yeah, even to walk down the marina, even to walk around, I know it's not a massive distance for you or me, but for, for himself, you know, he, and he believe me, he would try. He would absolutely try, but he would be suffering the day after, you know, his legs would be sore, his ankles be sore. He just, he's, unfortunately, doesn't have the physical strength anymore, you know?
3: Yeah, would you, would you agree with Michal Martin when he said, and I'm quoting here from The Echo, where he said, hurling is our national game. It's unique to Ireland. It's something we should promote. And he believes that it shouldn't be. I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting from that, it shouldn't be behind a paywall.
10: Oh absolutely I think every match um, at, at that level should, all inter-county matches every one of them should be you know should be aired I mean I remember growing up you know they technically it can game, deep. watching the matches it, you know it's traditional it's a family thing it's uh, everyone gets involved it gets the kids out and playing then you know yourself after a match comes on That's you look over the street and every child will have a hurley in his hand and he's battering a ball up and down the thing you know so we should be promoting it and that's a perfect way to promote it put it on our free to view TV and put it out there for everybody to see it you know
3: indeed indeed and then make the money off the advertising Paul thank you very much wish you dad well that's unfortunate a man of 88 years loves his GA, would sit and watch those matches just doesn't have the technology or the ability to go to the games anymore and doesn't have the technology to do it it's not broadband in the house there's many people like that uh, at 88 years of age Finbar hello Finbar Good morning,
11: you old cynic. It's a long time uh, since you called me Finbar.
3: How are you, bye? <laughs>
11: Goodbye. How are you? I'm all
3: right.
11: You right, were... the good old the good old All association are at it again, huh?
3: Yeah. Well, there you go. They they'll say to, and they did say last year. Well, we can't put all the matches on 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 free to air, so mm-hmm. we have to set up a system like this. But isn't it funny that all the real nail biters go on to.
11: That's 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 the point I made to Fergal in the sense that, and I I will rewind you back a few years now because you probably were dragged along with your father. Um, the Eucharistic match that used to be up the like the, the Glen and the Bars every year. They did that's all bled. Go on anyway. <laughs> uh, you you've been there a few times, but like that place was packed. It was given to the charity, and the place was packed out every t- fantastic occasion. You go to any other sport, you go to um. Soccer, you go to rugby, you go to the World Cup, you go to anything. And the champions are the first fanfare, the first game out because the interest is there. Limerick are the All Ireland hurling champions. The best quality of hurling last year was in the Munster Championship. Yes. The Limerick are the All Ireland hurling champions. They should be given the sole right to to represent our game on RT get out on RT the first game of the season because they're the champion. What's after happening is GAA hasn't become an association anymore. It's a big business now in the sense that, right, they've sat down and said, right, look at all the, 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 the viewing that we got from GAA goal last year. This is my personal opinion. Look at all the viewing we got from GA goal last year. The Munster Championship captivated people because it was down to... The, some of the games were with the width of a post. So mm-hmm. that's where the interest is. So of course they're going to capitalize on the interest. Yeah, You remember years ago, and I'm sure John and your dad, the tickets were turned up in Nemo, the tickets were turned up in Redmond, the tickets were turned up in St. Finbars for the matches, and it was a monopoly among the members to get the tickets, to get physical tickets to go to the yeah. matches. Yeah. Now that's all gone. And why? Because there's no money to be made in that anymore for the GA. But if a concert comes up, last year we lost, or the year before, we lost home advantage in a Munster football final because Ed Sheeran was playing down the park. Where did the grassroots of the GEA decide then, hang on a second, we've got this agreement. My move Cork, it's fine. It's simple for them. It's like, a, it's like a game of drafts for them. But what they're forgetting is they're alienating the people that are going to GEA hereditary from your family, from your granddad, like that gentleman I was just on. His father's 88 years of age. He should be able to sit down and watch it on a portable television in the kitchen because it's on RTA and It's available to him. mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just think that they've they've, tweaked, they've they've found the interest. They've done their marketing. There's no they, you, you can't have a business and not run a business successfully. And now the GEA goes as a separate entity of a business to the GEA to make more money. And that's why, sadly, they've been christened the Grab All Association. And I do agree with Michal Martin in the sense hurling is our national game. Mm -hmm. But will it be our national game? Will it be our main sport in five years' time when you look at the coverage that the rugby got? When you look at the on the 21 game last week or two weeks ago when Turner's Cross was live on RT? Mm -hmm. They should be... Like, go back to the multi-channel. I'm sure you remember that. Everybody watched the multi-channel on a Monday night because they had cameras down the park for the double-headers for all the matches and the camera work was actually better than the one in the GA goal. So it why does. aren't they going? If they're a, if they're a, a splinter group of, not a splinter group. If they're a part and parcel of RT, why aren't we getting the quality the RT give when they show the games on their television? We're getting a substandard service on Diego.
3: Mm. How would you feel about an RT sports channel? Finny like to have a news chat. What
11: are we? What are we going to fin it? What are we going to fill it with, PJ? Because they'll pick and choose, and there will be there will be trouble down the line. That Katie Taylor's fight, if it goes ahead in Croke Park, which I don't think it will, because apparently Wembley, Wembley's cheaper to to rent out than Croke Park, which is is really funny. If Katie Taylor goes ahead on on uh, next year the, the rematch or the trilogy. They should have all the best boxers in this country because we are producing good boxers and make it a day thing like a little mini Olympics at six o'clock. John from BlackRock is fighting somebody from Dublin and make it more publicized. The rugby, if we have a, a genuine GA sports channel, who gets the monopoly of it? Nobody watches our soccer team anymore. Everybody's interested in rugby. And it's just I, I feel that that would be a mistake. Look at Wimbledon. Pete Sampras is, wins Wimbledon, he's the first game on centre court, it's publicised. Yeah. And I think the All-Ireland champions, and it would be good that Munster would become, or Leinster, whoever wins the All-Ireland, that's the fanfare game, that's the opening of the of the All-Ireland Championship, mm-hmm. and it should be that way.
3: Free to, free to wear, free to wear. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> there's, um, there's a thing in the UK where certain matches and fights and events are protected under law, that let's let like they call them the crown jewels, that the FA Cup final must be free to air. It's it's a statutory instrument of government. Do you think that it's time for the government here to be saying, Finney, actually no. Do you know what now? You're going to put that on free to air. We're shoveling money into RTE here. You're going to put that match free to air, those matches free to air.
11: Oh. Where does that where does that discussion start and where does that discussion end? Um, they, they, the government at the minute they couldn't organise. Uh, you know what I'm going to yeah, say I do next. It, yeah. um, so why how how can they take our national sport, which people are proud of? Like you look at it, how much joy has hurling gone and given? What's going to happen is is right there might be a bar in town will get a uh, thing. They're going to be charged like like sky sports when it was pay-per-view and people are just going to lose interest and they're not going to, they're not going to put money into the coffers of somebody who's trying to extort more money out of them for a game mm. that is amateur. There is the word, amateur. Yeah. It's an
3: amateur none sport. No, these fellas are getting paid, yeah.
11: Somebody's making a, a nice bit of coffers from it and somebody's bank balance is rising for these guys they're going to break in their ba- backs every single
3: week for nothing. And you mentioned the rugby. Yes, rugby is hugely exciting. But I'm sure, and I know you're a big football fan, but I, soccer, I mean. But is there anything more exciting than a one point hurling match on a July afternoon? Absolutely not.
11: And you know whoever's playing, and I find like hurling will be my number one sport because it's the best game in the world to watch because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Soccer matches you can nearly predict Rugby matches not so much Which you could nearly sit down and predict The hurling last year had people Neutrals around the country Sitting at the edge of their sofa on a Sunday afternoon After their dinner saying Oh my god where's this going to go And it takes for amateurs To stand there over 65 to say If I get this we win, if I get this we're out There's a difference It's a a hairline of of, Of a gap Mm-hmm. And the excitement. There's nothing more exciting. And you know, there's three men. But if you look at how the, the the professionalism that's gone into it, I don't disagree with. I think everybody should be trained. You saw that contract that was bandying about last week you can't do this. That's rubbish. Hurling is for men. It's a game that you go out and it's a it's a game that brings everybody to. You go to Crow Park. You go to Parkyqueave in the old days. You were mixing with lads from Tipperary. You're mixing from lads from Limerick. And the crack is mighty. Yep.
3: And, and and there's it, it, a th- and there's a thing and I I, I, I got to move on, Finn Bar, But there's there's a thing, isn't it? One and the rugby do it too, isn't mm-hmm. it? Fantastic! You can have mortal enemies on the pitch, great friends before and after.
11: Yeah, Peter, do you remember? Meek. Do you remember the old days when you went down to Parky Queeves and the crack walking down the marina? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was better than going to any concert. And like the old days, Cree Street playing Deer Park down in Parky e. Cueve, Cree Street used to always win, but the crack was always great. Yeah, and the
3: yeah. yeah. we no lumps, take lumps out of one another on the pitch, but have fun before and afterwards. Phil thank you. 0818 Should we protect... Well, certain things are protected, like the... The all final, I think, is protected. For now, at least. I'll go to Joe next.
1: Join the
2: conversation.
1: This is the Opinion Live.
2: With Hidden Hearing. Changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 F.
3: John says the GA get millions every year off the government if they're taking a chance and making money commercially. Fair play to them, but this should also mean the government funding goes down. It's all about risk, isn't it, in the private sector. Joe, Joe Seward, your your take on this. Good morning. Those three huge games behind a paywall next spring.
12: Yeah, I would imagine that it's almost inevitable that we will have some reaction here in Cork from some of our key political figures because... We have a lot of um, high-profile uh, political figures who are very vested in the GAA. Mm-hmm. Michael Martin, notably. Jerry Bottomer, through his involvement with Bishopstown. Donal Leary you often see it at St. Finbar's games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Gould uh, played a lot of hurling himself up at St. Vincent's. So I'd imagine we will definitely have some reaction and some intervention at some stage on this, given that the three... Um, Munster Championship games f- uh, featuring Cork uh, will fi- will figure on G.A. Go. Mm.
3: What do you make of Donalogue Cusack's point where he said, and again I mentioned the three games we're talking about, Cork versus Waterford would be a sellout, Cork versus Clare a sellout, Cork versus Limerick a sellout, and they would have huge television audience as well. Donalogue is saying they're coining it off hurling. It's a, de- de- a definite decision to coin it off hurling.
12: Well, donald's point is very valid in the fact that all the time the GA are speaking about promoting hurling. As we know, hurling isn't necessarily a sport played at the top level across the country, unlike football. Um, you know, you have the Munster counties, which at the moment are in a, a period of dominance via Limerick. But, you know, all the Munster counties really... Um, you know, would be involved at the business end of the championship. Mm-hmm. In Leinster at the moment, it, it's likely that, you know, Galway and Kilkenny are the two teams who, who are the biggest threat to the Munster counties. Wexford have slipped back. They were in a precarious situation last year where there was a possibility they could have ended up being relegated. So, you know, Munster at the moment is lording it and all the quality games are in Munster, mm-hmm. as we saw last year. And I suppose Donald Donald Luke's point is very valid. The GA are talking about promoting hurling as a game across the country. And the best way of promoting his game is by showing it to everybody. And there was a huge, hugely missed opportunity last year, given that uh, limerick uh, Clare game. It was Limerick's only defeat in the championships in 2019. That was an absolute belter, that mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, the, the Cork game that wasn't shown. So uh, definitely huge missed opportunities by the GA who talk about promoting hurling. And they also talk about being the the role of the G in the community and Don Logue, you know, spoke about volunteerism, the ethos of volunteerism and the we are missing a big trick there so I suppose he has very, very valid claims
3: The other point that's made uh, Joe, is of course, yes we pay for the football on Sky Sports and when it comes to the, the big snooker matches, I now pay a subscription to the Eurosport to get all the extra stuff like that but the point about it is they're professional sports
12: That's the big question. I think the GA make 4 million a year. That's a figure that's been bandied about out of uh, GA Go. Uh, uh, There wasn't as much furore about it when it was on Sky. This really seems to have kicked in. When when Sky departed from the scene, the GA and RTE stepped in. Mm. GA Go was primarily... Uh, for international, for the Irish diaspora abroad.
3: I think think the solution to that one, Joe, just to cut it across, you know you're going to go The thing thing with regard to the GA on Sky Sports is, Sky Sports, yes you pay for it, it comes down through the television The last I saw anyone talking about GA go, it's very clunky. It's not just an app you can download onto a a smart TV. It is a clunky devil and very hard to use and that's why people are complaining about it as well
12: yeah, that was, that's was that been a huge issue, and I know they touched on that at the launch the other day. Uh, I think they didn't help themselves either the other day at the launch by focusing a lot on the dodgy boxes. Nobody's, nobody has any sympathy at the moment for RT or GA Go, and yet they seem to be looking for sympathy via their, you know, we've got to go after, we're not alone in, in trying to counteract the whole issue of dodgy boxes. So I don't think they gained any sympathy there the other day at the launch. But yeah, it is a problem, the quality and, you know, the ability to download. They did touch on that briefly the other day, but that has been a huge problem with uh, GA Go. The the other area, I suppose, you know, we we speak about prices. The, The GA will probably point to the fact that League of Ireland TV a season pass to watch League of Ireland TV is 120. And I I saw about in the last half hour, they were doing a special offer for next season, reducing GA go from 79 euros to 69 euros up until the 31st of December. So they'll point to the fact that it's better value for money than, you know, a League of Ireland season pass to watch all the League of Ireland games. But as you say, League of Ireland is more professional, semi professional, call it what you will, and, and the GA is amateur. So, you know, you, you can hit back with that argument.
3: Indeed. All right, Joe. Leave it there. Thank you for that. That's uh, Joe Seaward. Take your thoughts, and we'll have some of them on screen from your texts and WhatsApps to come in as well. I'm going to move on to other business. 10K toy giveaway is with us all this week. 500 euro to be won. two 500 euro shopping sprees for Smith's Toys every evening after six with Izzy. We had a winner from the show yesterday. Angela went through and won with Izzy. Could it be you today? We'll play after 11. The password you want is reindeer. Reindeer. So when we ask for people taking part after 11 o'clock, reindeer. 0818 96 96 96. Yeah, that's on EVs. Talking to Geraldine Um, earlier on with regard to EVs and the fact that the cost of running them is going down and the cost of powering them up is certainly uh, worthwhile but what happens if you're caught out in the middle of nowhere you can't fill it the same way as you can with a can of petrol when plugging in at home 300 euros seems very low I'd say to cost a fortune by the end of the year and this is a point I've heard made many times the cost of battery replacement is what bothers people. It wouldn't really show up yet under running costs. And also anything that goes under the bonnet, that's a commuter, a computer. Uh, we wonder how much they cost. And it'll be a longer term survey to see whether that costs. You're, you're not wrong. One thing I have heard is if your EV is damaged in an accident, like if you get a shunt from behind... Um, Or from the side, moreover, and the battery is damaged, the case where the battery is held is damaged. That is very expensive. Very expensive. Uh, Just some news in we have a status yellow wind warning. Uh, Just come in, literally this minute, it's just landed on my screen here. Uh, Wind warning for Clare, Cork, Kerry, and Limerick. Very windy for a time today with southeasterly winds gusting up to 100 kilometres an hour, that's 60 miles an hour. Potential impact include difficult travelling conditions, some fallen trees, weakened branches will come down. It's valid from now until four o'clock. From now until four o'clock, yellow wind warning across the county for the next few hours. Be careful out there. Andy Williams is the most wonderful time of the year on Corks 96 FM. If you want to hear that and hundreds more of your festive favourites, pop onto the app and grab a hold of Corks 96. Miss all your favourite. Christmas hits non-stop. Round the clock. Listening now. At 96fm.ie or indeed on the app. Corks 96 is with Desi's Tires, open seven days with late evenings in Blackpool. They're also at Little Island, Carrigaline, and Vickers Road. Desi's Tires.ie. 96 was brought to you only by Corks 96fm.
1: Join the
2: conversation.
1: This is the opinion line.
2: With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96fm. Oldies and Irish on Corks 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Cork Simon. Anne wants to give everyone the home that Cork gave her. She's leaving a gift in her will to Cork Simon. Find out more at CorkSimon.ie. Cork's 96 FM.
3: Pass your mind back, if you will, please, to 2018. Uh, And a story from Blarney Castle. We were actually here uh, on this program on the day the story broke. We were hearing the details um, of an unfolding drama, as it were, on the turrets of Blarney Castle. What had happened was that a man from North Carolina had gotten to the top of Blarney Castle and collapsed just as he was about to kiss the Blarney Stone, David Mott. Collapsed. He was with his wife, Joy. Uh, first responders were there. The ambulance paramedics were in. There were CPR. There was a defibrillator. Um, an airlift was needed because of where it actually happened. The Coast Guard helicopter got involved. They winched him from the top of the castle. It was big drama. And we were covering it here as closely as we could with people on the phone who were watching what was happening. And uh, he was brought by ambulance then to To CUH. He made a full recovery, which is great. He came back a while later in that year to say thank you to people. And now David Mott has put the whole story into a book. The book is called The Gift of Blarney, Life, Death and a Miracle atop a six hundred year old castle. It'll come out in February, I understand, David. The formal launch will be in February, and you want to give the first number of copies. Signed with a thank you note to the people who came to your aid that day. Uh, Before we start, how are you at the moment? Good morning. How is your health?
14: Oh, my health is great, and uh, I'm enjoying the lovely Irish weather today.
3: Good, (laughs) good. You're here for uh, a little while. It's nice. What what will the weather be like in North Carolina at this time of year?
14: Uh, You don't want to know. It's probably about 69 degrees. That's uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah, so it's, uh, 20 it's degrees warm.
3: Celsius. We'd love that. 20, yeah. <laughs> We'd love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd take so, that happily. wish I
14: could have brought it with me, but uh, I can't do that. So. I know.
3: David, has it come back to you at all, what happened in the moment before you collapsed? Can you remember any of it?
14: I remember absolutely nothing. The only memory I have of that day is pulling up in the bus, the tour bus, I, vague memories of seeing the. Uh, the, the uh, gift shop of walking up to the, the the lovely bridge that goes over a stream uh, and then seeing the, the, the stone with the round hole in it outside of the castle. Those are the only memories I have of that day, past that day, on this earth. And uh, it's never come back.
3: And when is the next memory that you have?
14: The Well, the next memory I have, obviously... I wasn't in this world. Uh, that, but the earthly memory that I have uh, was the it, being in the hospital, being uh, gurney down the hallway uh, to uh, to have a procedure.
3: Okay. You say you weren't in this world. Did you have some kind of experience between the two things you remember?
14: Oh yes, yes. I, I passed over. I'm very, very vivid. Very vividly aware of uh, uh, probably the most real moments I've ever experienced so far in my life. But I passed over and, uh, and uh, was being actually held, uh, for, for lack of a, an easier term, by God. And so that, that time frame that I was gone, uh, I was in a wonderful place. And um, in fact, I didn't want to come back.
3: What do you remember Uh, remember of that place, David? What do you remember of it? Paint me a picture.
14: um, A couple of things, because it it is so hard in human terms to clarify what happened, because there are no words for it, but a complete and total peace in the presence of God, uh, an incredible kind of love that I've never, ever felt before, and I can't wait to feel again. And and just a sense of, of uh of love, a sense of peace, and a sense uh, that everything was okay. And um and, and it it was incredible, absolutely incredible, uh what I have in, and I've tried to write it down, I've tried to put it into words, mm-hmm. but it is just impossible to put that kind of experience down into words because it's so wonderful. So mm-hmm. obviously I, i'm I'm a believer in, in i and I know sure. that after this life there is a heaven there is something more and uh I'm just so thankful to to have had that experience now
3: you said to me there a moment ago you actually didn't want to go back so did God tell you it wasn't your time was there a conversation that you can remember
14: yeah yeah it was it was made very clear to me uh at, at a certain point and and again you can't measure time. Sure. Uh but it was made very clear to me that I was coming back. And I was very I tried to make it very clear on my end that that may not have been a good idea. <laughs> but uh I'm not gonna argue with the Almighty. So uh yeah, I, I knew I was coming back. I was very aware that I didn't know what, but that something was going on uh on this earth and uh and, and that's the beautiful thing in my mind is what was happening in Blarney, what was happening with wonderful people, and how I convinced that God was orchestrating every step of the way.
3: Yeah, I get so, the sense from you uh, that you believe fervently, David, that in that moment the people who you needed to be there to bring you back to this side, for want of a better choice of words, that God put them there.
14: Oh, absolutely. No doubt. And if you look at all of the and the book barely touches on this, there's many, many more things that underlie this. But there were people, there were situations, there were things that happened and, and, and in place right there at that time, at that moment uh, that could not have been orchestrated by coincidence or any other thing. I'm I'm totally convinced that God was in control. And uh, and to to hear the people tell their stories, and that's why we we did this, I just felt that the the people and the wonderful uh, uh, people who who responded and who were part of this, that's what the story's about. And it really is. It has nothing to do with Mm me. Uh, I did absolutely nothing. But these wonderful, dear people, uh gave of themselves risk their lives took chances and as a result we're having a conversation today in uh, 2023
3: didn't they, they would say to you we're just there in the right place at the right time we're trained as first responders we're trained as paramedics that's what we do would you believe fervently that it was being orchestrated from beyond that they would be exactly where they needed to be at exactly the right time
14: oh i had no doubt in my mind and uh uh, and we were graciously uh, given the opportunity to meet with a lot of these people uh, in Cork on Monday evening. Uh, the Lord Mayor of Cork was gracious enough to bring them all together. And, we, and I, and for the first time, I got to meet most of the cast and crew of all of these wonderful people. And I got to talk with them and hug them on the neck and thank them. And uh, to hear their stories, to hear what they told me, I have no doubt. And even they were telling me the other night that uh, for instance when they had to sedate me to get me up to the helicopter um they they were explaining about uh, the the guy who did it he was just trained on that uh just days before and so everything that had to be in place to the t was in place and uh it's just i i'm still amazed still amazed and indebted Mm. to these wonderful people for what they've done.
3: You came back to say thank you a few months later. Why did you then decide what's the purpose of writing the book?
14: The purpose of writing the book was that as we talk with people, we realize that everyone played their part in this scenario, but no one knew of the other parts. And then I, I just felt this deep need, to try and grab all of these pieces of the story and say, what really happened here? Um, all of these people were involved, but it, it, it wasn't combined because what I was seeing was this beautiful tapestry that was woven together where all of these events and people and God himself were, were interacting. And so I just felt the need to get that out. And I'll be real honest with you, before I came back, before I went back into my body, um, the last thing I heard was tell the story. And that's the only reason I'm doing this. Uh, I have no desire. Like I say, I'm not an author; never written before. But I knew I had to tell the story, and it's a great honor to be able to do that. And the 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 the, the story is about the wonderful dear people, mm-hmm. and and the sacrifice that they made. And 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 I'm uh, I'm so thankful. You were here. For them.
3: You were here to help your wife. To trace her Irish roots, do you believe even yeah. that was being orchestrated?
14: Her Irish roots? <laughs> no, no, no. Her, but that
3: had to. Uh, you yeah. were there for it. You were coming for that.
14: Well, crisis. yeah, yeah. Because you know, I, I touch on it in the book, but but if you if you look at all the scenarios, and it's not only in our lives but in all of the people's lives, uh, Jer o D., is uh, is one of the uh, the people who orchestrated the helicopter to to come down and be able to lift me off the castle and If you look at the events in Jair's life as well um, and the experiences that he had, I think everybody over time was prepared. Um, uh, deborah lynch who was who works at the Cork University Hospital. Uh, two years before the incident she was tired of watching people being brought in who didn't survive and she calls up kate durant in cork and in blarney and says we need to do something about this and that's two years before it and as a result uh blarney and then the castle uh uh, sir charles and it was gracious enough to have his people trained they had defibrillators placed Mm -hmm. this all preceded me by years and there's just no coincidence in my mind that that was uh that was part of the story, mm-hmm. you
3: know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was all part of a, an adventure to get here in the first place. Uh, you, you have no Irish roots yourself.
14: Uh, well, I do now. <laughs> you do know, Christ, uh, my uh, heart, my heart beats for Ireland, but no, I have no no Irish roots. Uh, my whole claim to fame, believe it or not, when we were coming over here, Joy wanted to sort of explore, and because uh, her families came from here, and the only thing I told people, I said, the only thing I want to do when I go to Ireland is kiss the kiss the Blarney Stone, and that was my humorous uh, anecdote. And little did I know that uh, that that uh, was where I was headed. Yeah,
3: why? Did you decide that's what you wanted to do among all the Irish things as you could do? Right?
14: <laughs> it, it, well, it's, you've got to admit it's an intriguing story, right? And in reading up before we had the vacation, uh, just to read up the history of Ireland, which is tremendous, and, and to understand that uh I'm, I'm thinking okay there's people who travel here from all over the world and they, they they climb the castle and they kiss the stone and it's supposed to give you the gift of gab right and uh and so I just thought that was uh, uh that was intriguing to me and uh uh so i was just i literally joking with people that was my reason for going uh never having seen the castle before never having known much about it uh and uh who would who would who would think well, you, when I look back, you
3: sure have the gift—the gift of the gab, David. You—you—you you, you tell your story extraordinarily well. Stay there because, and Fergal, I'm okay with that break. I can hold for it. And one of the people who assisted on that day and was—I um, think you met again the other night—Gerald D, the National Ambulance mm-hmm. Service, Gerard, Um Hi, Lovely to meet. Lovely to meet David again.
15: Absolutely, a, a, a privilege to meet meet David. Um, like I suppose it's not every day that we get to meet somebody, you know, who we've who we've impacted on so positively and particularly in a cardiac arrest in a six hundred year old castle. You know, um as David said himself, it's it's an unlikely place where you'd expect someone to survive, you know, given the the, the concrete steps and, you know, the the intricacies of getting somebody out of a castle. Um but it was a place that, you know, is daring out to David i I suppose Um, you know, we say it takes a system to save a life and that system worked extremely well on the day for David everything that could possibly have went right Mm
9: -hmm.
15: Uh, it was apart from the cardiac arrest in the first place but everything that could possibly have went right to save his life went right Um, you know, I learned more about it from talking to David myself in that even the little room that we brought him to where the resuscitation took place that was normally locked with a gate, but happened to be open. you know there's a lot of things that that really lined up on the day um you know for David and mm-hmm. as I said somebody he was certainly looking down on him and and you know it was it just wasn't his time um to leave you know and knowing now as well that you know he has three sons and two grandsons and you know it, there's a family to think about as well and, and you know. Like, for that family to have their father, grandfather, brother, you know, back in their lives, like, it's just fantastic for us to
3: know about, you know? Yeah. You say there's no greater gift for an ambulance personnel to meet someone that has, you know, that, that they have helped to, to to save and to bring back.
15: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said, it's not something that we get to the privilege of doing all of the time. Um, but for for to meet David and from to come all the way back from the states and to dedicate his book, you know, the gift of Blarney, um, the impact on his life is, is just fantastic. Um, and and you know, like it, the ambulance service, we're we're trained as you said, and, and it is our job. But unless the basics are being done right prior to us arriving on scene, then often the patient doesn't have a great chance of survival. But right down to you know, the the lady working in, in the castle, having done her CPR course two weeks previous, starting CPR, the, the other tourists doing CPR, mm. grabbing the defibrillator, activating the emergency services, and everything that that followed on from that. We, we worked out the other night that there was up on almost 50 people involved in various wow. ways, David, survival between the different control rooms, coordinating helicopters and ambulance and fire. Um, and all of that, you know, it was just it's a phenomenal story, story and I'm just honoured to be part of his story yeah.
3: Okay, David I'm going to let you go and thank you and the best of uh, continued health, good health to you and the book is out in February uh, in hard copies that we can actually buy, thank you David Mott from North Carolina, just with one minute there Jer, before I go to the news coming into uh, holiday time, Christmas rush Busy few weeks ahead. you would be advising people just to take it handy?
15: Yeah, we would, PJ. I mean, it's always an extremely busy time for the ambulance service and the hospitals coming up to Christmas. You know, it's flu season. um, And I think, you know, people can make steps to protect themselves and to stay out of hospitals and stay out of the system and mind themselves at home. You know, like simple things like the flu vaccine um, and just... A sensible approach to Christmas in terms of um, enjoying it. I mean, we all have our Christmas nights out or Christmas parties, but just for people to be that extra bit safe and to, you know, mind themselves during the Christmas period, and it will, you know, take the pressure off the the various services and the hospitals, and it just allows us to ensure that the really sick patients, you know, get the attention they need when we're not dealing with um, with the more minor. Okay. Um, incidents that can occur at Christmas time you know, and relatively due to the partying and, okay. and
3: well, just hopefully everyone will heed that and take it handy and I'm sure we'll catch up with the various emergency services between now and Christmas in a couple of weeks Gerard O. D. National Ambulance Service Community Engagement Manager, thank you 08189696 that book <clears throat> will be out in February it's called The Gift of Blarney Knife, Life, Death, and a miracle atop a 600-year-old castle. <laughs> the Minds are
2: live. Oh, hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96, 96, 96. Text or
1: WhatsApp 083 396
2: Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This
1: is The Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Watch 96 M-
3: Those of you who are going around in the last week or so going, I'm freezing, I'm freezing. Be careful what you wish for. Look at the crap that's coming our way now. For me, that's real winter. I can deal with the cold and the dry and the bright sunny mornings and the crisp bit of frost. I love that. I take that right through until springtime in March. Uh, but not this. This this crap is down now for the next couple of days. So those of you who were going around complaining, to be been freezing the other day. Like I said, be careful what you wish for. And those of you who have arthritis that plays up in the damp, you're in my thoughts for the next few days. 081896 and don't be, don't listen. That can be very young people, very young people. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. The number, the text to WhatsApp is oh eight three. Your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. We're only days away, actually, from the shortest day of the year. This winter solstice is 15 days away. 15 days. Well, do you want me to do some of them for you? We're only 102 days away from um, (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. I know! 102 days to St. Patrick's Day. 116 days to Easter. So there. Just to brighten things up a small bit. Now, yesterday, Gareth was talking to Deirdre, whose insurance, car insurance, has gone through the roof. Even though she hasn't had any claims, she's no penalty points, she has a full no-claims bonus. In 2022, her car insurance was €503 Euro for the year, and this year, her quote has jumped to 819 Antoinette, you sent us some pictures and some documents from your own insurance renewal. And again, you've no penalty points. You've no claims, nothing. Uh, it's gone up. Morning.
16: Yeah, morning. Um, yeah, mine last year was €348.17. Okay. Um, this year it's gone up to 511 and 24 Wow. So I rang them to go why? Yeah. And I basically said to him, like literally what I said to you, I was like, why? Mm -hmm. And first of all, he said it was because there's so many accidents in Cork that my premium has gone up. And I said, but I haven't had accidents Mm -hmm. claims or anything else. So why am I being punished? Well, that's just the way it works. So even if you're the most careful driver in the world, They're just gonna penalize you anyway. So you're better off going out there having a crash. Because at least if your premium goes up then, you know, you know why. (laughs) Right. You know, but got on to I actually got on to them, they gave me an an extra five percent discount, so it's now gone down to four eighty five seventy. Right. So I said to them, I'll shop around. Yeah. So I shopped around. And hang on, I have it written down here. Um different companies it ranges from 458 euro up to 799 euro on 45 cent one company that I did through a broker I said now I'll go online then and see if they'll give me a cheaper quote because you're going direct to them they wouldn't actually quote me why not they told me they couldn't quote me to ring them nice So I rang them and I said to them, like, Why couldn't you quote me? And they said, Because my car is a 2015 car, it's an old car.
3: Not even 10 years old.
16: Nope. And that's what they told me, and that's why they wouldn't quote me. So, sure. where'd you go from there?
3: Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> like, at some of the prices. The that Fair,
16: I'm 50 years of age, I've never had an accident. I've never had penalty, penalty points. I'm driving over twenty years. Yeah. I drive a people carrier. I'm seeker. not a boy racer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I have a child with a disability in my car. I'm hardly going to be tearing up the streets. Yeah. But a child with a disability in
3: my car. And there's a thing. The guy on the phone, he said to you that it's because there are so many claims around Cork. Now, even even Cork. if even if that was the case, right? That's a 45% jump in your yep. quote.
16: Like, he said that force and then he said it was because of the area in Cove that I live in. And then he told me it was a nationwide problem. So I was just like, which one is it? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you can't just keep giving me excuses for upping my premium. Like I said to him, like, which which reason have you got to give me this higher quote? Yeah. And he said, Well, they're the reasons we've been told to tell customers. Yeah. There's no point in ripping that poor chap. he's only doing his job like
10: Correct. Correct. So
16: I was polite to him, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um but like it just seems ridiculous like that i have never been in an accident. I was nearly in one the other day, but it wasn't my fault. I mm-hmm. was actually driving through the tunnel and I was in the left lane and it was a lease registered car on my right, parallel with me, mm-hmm. and decided to just cut straight across in front of me in the middle of the tunnel, no indicator, mm. no none. Yeah. And missed me by
7: inches.
3: Like, I'm looking at the various quotes you were able to get here, Antoinette, and you're looking at yep. 745, 799, 458, 461, yep. 7. It's the variation alone would would bring yep. water to your eyes. Like, the lowest one there is 458. um, And, like, that's, I might say, reasonable. But then again, what's reasonable in this world?
16: Not when the last one was 348. It was 348,
3: yeah. Yeah, and and even if there were, dry, I mean? even if Cork was a high risk area, you know, it's a bit like look, it's a bit like yeah. house insurance and floods. I mean, I can't yeah, get well, like flood that, insurance in my house, but if the place I live ever floods, it's an arc I'll want, not insurance.
16: Yeah. No, like that girl was saying, she actually went on, or there was somebody on was saying yesterday that she went on and got a whole new quote. Yeah. As a new customer. Yeah. So I did the same thing.
9: With the same and company. my new
16: quote from the same company that I'm with that gave me a quote of 511 euro and 24 cent mm. as a new customer that charged me 599 euro and 77 cent oh so
3: the turned the new customer thing now so you see, it, it used yeah, to be a case where there was no there was no loyalty and we knew this and then people analysts like Charlie Weston for example is with one person and, and, and Dara at Bonkers began to point out well there is no loyalty here so, so move around now it seems. Yeah, so that, now there's no lies to if that you're a new now. customer. They're getting wise to yeah. that now as well.
16: No, because I was just like, I'll just see for curiosity if it would be cheaper to go yeah. as a new customer and then ring them up and go, well, there's my no claims bonus with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was €599.77. It, just, Euro it and 77 cents.
3: just seems so totally random.
16: Yeah, but like, none of the. the Quotes that I got even match.
3: That's right. Which they're says all
16: completely like random. Reach up into the sky and pick a number. Yeah. So like I thought this all had to be changed. This was changed that they couldn't up your premium. Didn't Pierce he bring something like that in?
3: He's in opposition, so he can't do anything. He can talk oh, about well, He
16: did fight for it to be he stopped, did, or something like that. And there like was a, min,
3: there, there's a minister involved in insurance as well, and they brought them into hearings, and they did all that kind of crack. And realistically, at the end of the day, you're dealing with private companies that can and do do exactly as they please. That's the problem.
16: Yeah, but why why can't they do what they do on the, the continent? Insure the care, and yeah. not the person.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know,
16: it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper. It would than yeah. it is.
3: Yeah, my, my, my daughter's off yeah, to, off to Australia um, and they're going to be driving out there herself and her, her, her boyfriend and they're looking into the cost of insurance and it would make you cry how cheap it can be. Yeah, it's
16: probably so cheap. Yeah, yeah Because they insure the car and not the people in the car. Yeah. And that's the difference. Exactly. So what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I'm just going to keep shopping until yeah. I have till January anyway. So. Yeah, that's the thing. And until I find it a realistic price, if not I don't know, I probably do what everybody is, and just try for no insurance, because then if I get stopped like it's somebody else will pay the, pay the
3: price, you know I, wouldn't, I wouldn't advise that way. or endorse that, Antoinette, I, I, I know you're joking, did. I know you're joking of all women I know I know you're joking, but the, it, it would put you of a mind to do that Antoinette, thank you, it would put there's a thing, these kind of completely random let me just leave the, the, the list that she gave us, right her own quote went from 300 and Fifty something to 500 359 to 511 okay, 359 to 511, right and a 45% increase now going down through the list she got one crowd wanted 745 Uh, 799 was the next one 458 was the one after that 461 was the one after that and the last one she sends us a picture of here was 709 The randomness of it is just bonkers. Oh, 0818 96 96 96. Is, is it? Are we going to do it, Fergal? Are we going to do the 10K toy giveaway now? We will, if you want to be part of our 10K toy giveaway. We still have loads of €500 Euro toy shopping sprees to give away. So text WhatsApp the daily password now, please. And if we call you back, then you're in the draw. After six, we've two shopping sprees every day. We had a winner yesterday um, because Izzy phoned Angela.
0: Oh, that is that Izzy? Girl, it is. Oh, baby. how's it going, girl? How are you keeping? I'm, oh, Jesus, I'm brilliant now since I got the phone call from you, Izzy. Well, you've probably gathered that the reason I'm ringing you, Angela, is because you have bagged yourself a 500 euro toy shopping spree! Oh, Izzy, thank you so much. How many times did you enter, Angela? Every day since the start, every show, I listen every single day to every single show. Love it. Angela, massive fan of you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'm delighted for you. Oh, thank you, Izzy, for ringing. Oh, I'm so happy.
3: Well, somebody is, after sending me in, about 324 texts since half past nine this morning. (laughs) We'll pick someone to go into the draw in a couple of minutes. Join
2: the conversation.
1: This is the Opinion Live.
2: With Hidden Hearing. focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie Fox 96 F-
1: you want the biggest hits? Yeah, we are really hooked on this now. Oh, this song is class. Oh my God, when I just heard it, down, when I got into the cars, they just bought it right back. You got them right here.
2: The Hit Mix. The Hit Mix. On Cork's 96 FM. I want new music. I want to hit that nude
1: song. Fresh. Fresh new music. The Hit Mix with Brian McAvoy. Everything I drop is a bed. The hit makes on your smart speaker. On your phone, and on your radio.
2: Weeknights from
3: eight. On courts 96 FM. Now, John, I don't know, I haven't seen anything to verify what you're what you're telling me, but if you have seen it, then you've seen it. He says, John John is claiming that Gardi have been seen taking signs off of protesters, I'm assuming around the doyle, that say Leo out. John says, did Kim Jong-un fly under the radar and become Taoiseach here without our knowing? We live in a democracy. People are entitled to protest despite the recent disturbances in Dublin. I haven't seen any evidence of that, John, but I'm assuming you have. Thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. 96 96 Now, I read over the weekend about this. I, I suppose in the dark recesses of my mind, I knew it was happening. I'd probably read it and filed it away under, we'll deal with that when we get to it 1st of February every plastic bottle that you buy is going to go up by 15 cents so that's if you buy a bottle of coke, it's going up 15 cents bottle of water, going up 15 cents if it's a large bottle, it's 25 cents so, a large bottle of belly gown, 500 Large uh, 25 cents large bottle of coke 25 cents And then you'll have to bring the empties back to a machine uh, to get back the extra charge, the extra tax. The shops are going to have to put in machines. They're not cheap. The average Tesco or Super Value or Lidl or Aldi, it's going to cost them about 200,000 or Super Value. are going to put about 200,000 to put in these machines. Then you'll come along with your bag of bottles and cans, which you can't crush. You can't crush them. You can't damage them in any way. And you'll put them into the machine, and you'll get a voucher back. Now, will you get actual money, real money that you can spend, or will you just get if you do it in Super Value? You get a voucher for Super Value. What's going to happen? How's it going to happen? You know, like if you buy, and then if you go down and you buy a, a bottle of water at a match. Who are you going to bring that back to? Do you have to bring it back to the place where you bought it from? Many, many questions. And look, it's been happening around Europe for years. I get that. I get that. I've been reading that since Saturday. It happens around Europe and we all do it fine. Still, though, it it feels like another tax. Although... Many people are welcoming it. Chris Moody is the, the River Bride activist to save the otters. Um, and some lovely pictures of otters around X or Twitter in the last few days. I don't know whether whether they were yours, Chris. They were certainly taken in Cork. But you, you welcome this. Good morning.
17: Hi, I'm PJ. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I... I, I think that it's a step in the right direction, anyway. Uh, and I, I know you've, you've highlighted the, the, the negative issues of it. There are obviously it's a, there's more hassle involved, but uh, it's not a new concept. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, I, we were actually recycling glass glass bottles, and mm-hmm. you know, it could become a pocket money issue. But anyway. I suppose the the, the major benefit that I see in this, because I see the other side of it, is the amount of plastic bottles and uh, aluminium cans that I just disposed of on the ground, uh, and ultimately uh, end up in the rivers as well. And the bulk of, I mean, I've been cleaning that river for uh, the river Brighton Blackpool for the last seven years, mm. and the bulk of the stuff that comes out of it are plastic bottles and uh, aluminium cans. And I think that if we can reduce that kind of thing, uh, if we can reduce, uh, if we can put a value, a monetary value on the, on that packaging, then uh, we can reduce the amount of stuff that's just disposed of uh, conveniently, you know, into the environment. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. If people can recycle for free and they won't, do you think that a 15 cent charge will make them bring it undamaged?
17: Well, ideally, I'd make it more than that. I think, you know, I think generally the smaller, as far as I can see from the article, the smaller bottles under 500 millilitres are 15 cents and the larger ones are 25. Uh, I would be more inclined to reverse that because I think the smaller ones, it's the smaller packages are the ones uh, that I see most of. Uh, around uh, not just in the river, but around Blackpool Village, uh, we have a tidy. Uh, I might mention, actually, uh, given that it's around the subject, the Blackpool Tidy Village Group. Uh, we go around every Saturday morning. We meet at ten thirty in the community centre, and we, I mean, we pick up plastic bottles and aluminium cans uh, off the streets of Blackpool as well. I mean, it's just you know, it's all over the place, and unfortunately. Why the majority of us do the right thing, and we put them in our recycling bins or whatever there is also an element and that doesn't you know mm. and it 's a convenient way and they they 're not just not just it gets they get chucked out of car windows as well you 'd see them on country roads, so it is a major problem, and you know we have to deal with it now ideally as well like the manufacturers of plastic bottles uh, have some uh, part to play in all of this as well Uh, and I think that we should look at that too but I do think that this is a step in the right direction Mm
3: -hmm. In terms of getting back the tax, because that's what it is, you're getting back the tax how how are we going to go about that like do we know, for example, if I have a bag of bottles and cans and, and I go down to my local Aldi and I put them into the Aldi machine how do I get my money back and can I only spend it in Aldi or can I take it down across the road to Duns and spend it there? How does it work? Well, that's a good
17: question. I don't know the exact answer to that. Um, I see all kinds of opportunities. I mean, you could also donate the money to a charity, I suppose. If we, I mean, it's, again, this is all early stages here in Ireland. Mm. But, I mean, we could look at different ways of, of getting that money back. Um I'm not sure how that will, how that will work. Um, well, you see there's a thing, Chris, and I
3: appreciate where you're coming from, and I know the, work, the great work you do with the river and, and, and how the dirt and it gets thrown it's a big thing for you, and you make all that. but I would be in, and it, look it's not, for, it's not for you to answer this question, but I would love to have a minister on the end of the phone between now and the first of February to ask, what do I do to get back if I, if I I'm, it might only be a euro, but it's my flipping euro. Where am I going to get it back and what am I going to do with it?
17: Yes, that is a good, I mean, that is the practical, there are negatives to all of these things and, and positives as well. But the, the ultimately, I suppose, you've you got to look at the, you got to look at the major problem that we have. And it is a major problem. And I would ask, you know, any, anybody who wants to join our group, the, the Blackpool Tidy Village group, uh, we meet at 1030 on a Saturday in the Blackpool Community Centre. Come and have a look and you can see, you know, what happens and, I know everybody, the majority of people do the right thing, but it is a major problem because this this stuff ends up in the river and and it gets washed out to sea and then it gets washed up somewhere else and it breaks, I mean, over, you know, who knows how long it takes for certain plastics to break down into tiny little bits and these end up being ingested by animals. Uh, It's a blight on, uh, visually it's a blight as well and, you know, it's not just plastic bottles. It's lots of different things. Large plastic toys Mm. are another major problem um you know you know this is a it's yes it's an inconvenience it's, it's definitely an inconvenience for people um maybe we would just come up with new habits i hope we would be but just we we take our we already take our plastic bags in uh we, we used to just buy them in the shop now we go to the shop yeah. with our plastic bags well we just fill them with our plastic bottles and our cans and then we go to the shop and we put them it is a hassle but think of the long-term benefit of it and that's you know less rubbish on the streets and in the countryside, you know,
3: you you uh, would you uh, would hope for sure.
17: Yeah, you would. Yes, you would hope for sure. And you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, there there is a minority who who don't do the right thing and and don't dispose of their uh, their you know waste properly. And unfortunately, the only way it seems to encourage people is to put a monetary value on that waste. That seems to be. The only way we can do that and, uh, you know, when you've spent, as long as I have anyway, pulling waste out of the river and there's a lot more just than bottles and cans, but they are the majority. So when you have done that amount of time and Mm. just, you know, you you think of how how can we solve this problem? How can we solve this problem? And it always comes back to you have to put, unfortunately, you have to put a monetary value on that waste to encourage people.
3: To put it back. Are, are you yeah, aware Chris whether this is going to apply to tinned foods like peas and beans and tuna?
17: Well, I can only go on the article, and, that, and it refers to aluminium cans. So I don't know about I, – I, to be honest, it seems drink cans and bottles. And again, they would be the majority of items because they're the type of things that people would buy and walk along and drink and then dispose of. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, if you stand on any of those bridges in, in the Cork City Centre and you look at the Lee, you will see bottles and cans floating down there. Not massive amounts of them now, not yet anyway, but – uh, you you do see it. I mean, all you have to do is look, and you'll see bottles and cans floating down. So the and they come down from tributaries okay. as well. So people might walk across the bridge, throw them into the river, or they might just chuck them onto the road. And what happens is the wind blows them into the river, and then they end up in the lee as well.
3: Understood. Understood. So, Understood. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. It's, time will tell on, on, as these things are. But Chris, I see where you're coming from with your activism. Thank you for that, Chris Moody. Um, to the Blackpool Tidy Towns and Save Our bright Otters and take in rubbish and dirt and bottle and by the way anyone who t- turns to the river and throws their empty coke bottle in the river you deserve to be fined a hundred euro let alone charged an extra ten cents uh, <clears throat> for your bottle um, that's, that's where I'd be coming from putting your plastic bottle into the river is just disgusting and dirty and lazy that's all that is but instead of fining people for littering, they're going to fleece the ones of us who don't. 0818969696. John says the bottle scheme was introduced in Malta last year, and it's completely stupid. But then, John, there are other countries who've been doing something like this for a long time, and they say it works just fine. I suppose only time will tell. Your thoughts are welcome. 0818 96 96 96. At least if they were glass bottles, you could take them into a room, into a smash room or a rage room, and just smash them up, and they get taken away for recycling. Did you ever see that on television? I'm sure, I, I remember seeing it for the first time back in the the 80s and 90s, a smash room. This was a place, the one that I saw was in London, or was it London? And you could go in and there was loads of crockery and bottles at the back of it and you would just smash them off the wall and get your rage out. You paid to do it, like, and at the end of it then they'd take it away and they'd recycle it. You just, you just there's great strength to be got when bursting something. Well, now Ireland has its first ever rage room. It is in Dublin, we hope there might be one in Cork uh, soon enough. And the man behind it is Lucas Balthusis. And today is a busy day for you, Lucas, because it's opening day for Ireland's first Rage Room. Good morning. Good morning.
18: Good morning to you. How are you?
3: Very good. Where did you get the idea for this?
18: Basically the same as you did back in the back in the day. We've seen it on television. We've seen it on social media. And we've seen that there's none in Dublin. And really like, we need to be the first. So we got ahead to it and then we made it happen. There was a scene,
3: wasn't there, in, in sex education where they brought someone into uh, one of these places and just let rip at a car.
18: Yeah, that's what we wanted to do as well. And hopefully in the future we can recreate that scene as well with a car in our unit. Why did you want to do this? It mostly just started like from my personal life. It was like There's not much to do over here in Dublin on the weekends, mostly just like pubs and drinks and... We just look for something that what we can introduce new in Dublin that's going to make a big impact and be good business at the same time. And this was the perfect idea. I've been in business since the start of COVID, realistically. So I was just walking there and then there, trying all these different things. And it was all good, but this opportunity was one of the biggest ones to come around. So we put all the efforts into this to make this happen.
3: Yeah. And we're here now. There's a load of videos if you go to TikTok or any of those and you'll find comments under them. Oh, I wish there was something like that to do yeah. here in Ireland. Yeah. So uh, first of all, where do you get all the stuff to break up?
18: Well, we mostly have suppliers from like liquidate companies or p- donations. We also accept donations from any person that wants to come in and just drop off anything. We'll take anything. But yeah, we have suppliers. We have few recycling so centers or just adverts. We come and collect anything that we can find. And then we, we recycle after. Like you said, like every time you go into a TikTok or Instagram video was like, when is this coming to Dublin? We need this here. When is this coming? It's like we're here now, so we made it happen. And is it busy so far? Yeah, we had huge feedback since the literally the first hour we came live public that we're opening. It was like we nearly sold out a few days there and now. It's been three or four days now, so we're literally coming out to nearly selling out in the first week. So.
3: That's great. And what do I do? I just go in and book an hour and pick up a hammer? Is that it?
18: Yeah, you just book it for 20 minutes. You come in, we, you, get, you see a little safety video, we tell you what to do and what not to do, and then you go out, it, you can play your own music or we supply music. We have baseball bats, hammers, sledgehammers, crowbars, and just go in there. And what have you got for me to break? Do so we have anything from glass? Literally, anything from glass, glass bottles, jars, mirrors, microwaves, keyboards, printers, computers, TVs, <laughs> everything. Everything. <laughs> and then afterwards,
3: you take it away and dump it properly, do you?
18: Yeah, yeah. We just recycle it back and then we get a new batch in, we clean the room for the next session and rinse and repeat. If, if I wanted to bring my own van load of stuff to get rid of. You can definitely do that also. That'd help us
3: even more. Was it difficult to find a place for this? Like you tell a prospective landlord, oh, I'm going to bring people in to smash things. How did that go?
18: Oh, yeah, I've lost count after 500 hours, I think. We've been at it since the start of January, realistically, and we only landed one now a couple of months ago, and it's been very difficult to get this going. But all we need is one, yes, and don't give up.
3: Yeah, now you've space for three people at a time, but I can bring more, can I?
18: Yeah, you can bring six if you want you can bring four, and like, but you just have to split up in like in more like a uh, less groups or like two in one session, two in the other session, or like three, three, and then you can bring it. You can bring as many as twenty people realistically, but just you can't go in there at the same time. But there's a there's a window into the raid room, so you can just look in and see all your friends raid and all.
3: And you were saying to me that like you're only open a few days now, and you're almost booked out.
18: Yeah, yeah, well, literally. Our fourth day is fully booked out. We have a lot. We have even bookings from in January. Like There's a lot of people that are trying to get booked in advance. you have a website or do you have a TikTok? Or where? where can yeah, we have find TikTok, social media, anything. But mostly our bookings take our true website. It's just com. And you just book in there. Very simple. It's made very easy for people to book. And you just select what time and what date. And we set up everything like we clean everything we set it up everything's done by us. so you just need to come in and just let off some steam you don't need to bring anything or anything
3: this is sounds this sounds like so much fun Um, you said we needed one in Ireland now we have one in Ireland we need one in Cork Lucas can you help?
18: we've had a lot of inquiries about that as well but it's definitely on the books 100% maybe give us a few more months we'll see how it goes and then we can think about going Cork
3: I can think of a lot of people who would be surrounded by kids cranky spouses, um, they might just want to go and book in there sort of in late December and, you know, yeah. work it all out
18: Exactly, yeah after all that
3: stress <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you Lucas, I wish you luck with it, it sounds like you're not a lot of fun, com it's where people can go and see more, thank you Yeah, thank you very much And uh, have, a, have a successful first run of the business <laughs> Wouldn't you love it? I would so love it I think it's about 35 quid for 20 minutes I would just love it love it. Thanks Lucas 0818 96 96 96 Best of luck says Noreen to my 17 year old grandson Leon Crowley who's off to Wales to play snooker in the Bet Victor shootout Best of luck from Nan, all his cousins and all the family. That's a great event the shootout really great event So best of luck to young Leon Crowley Cork's 96FM's 10K toy giveaway. With your
2: local credit union, helping you have
3: a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas. Angela won yesterday after going through from the opinion line. Let's see if we can't put someone else through to be a winner this evening with Izzy when she does two 500 euro shopping sprees after six. All we can do at this stage is put you through. Diane Martin. Diane, you are in ovens. Morning.
0: Morning. Good morning, PJ. Oh, my word, I'm so excited.
3: Do you have smallies that would use this up in seconds?
0: Oh, in seconds.
6: I have three kids and it will be gone, I'd say, in seconds, literally. (laughs) What's
3: what's the password, Diane?
6: Today's password is reindeer.
3: That's all I need. (laughs) That's all I need. Now you're through. You'll be sitting clung to the phone. Don't put it out of your hand.
2: Oh. It would
3: be no speaker. All right. Listen, Izzy does the draw after six, and you're through, Diane Martin, latest qualifier, on the 10K toy giveaway. Well done, and good luck this evening, Diane.
2: Join the conversation. This is The Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96FM.
3: Magical Blarney with us all this week. Uh, just your last chance to enter for today. we got a bit of a song, a bit of a movie, and a sound for you, all associated with Christmas. If you want our €250 euro voucher for Blarney Woolen Mills to experience their cosy cafe and shopping complex for yourself, the best Santa experience in Cork, Blarney Woolen Mills. It's all there under one roof. Tell me what this is. Or these... That's it, I'm not going. Give me the song, the movie, and the sound. to 083 396-96, we'll pick a winner in a minute. Fancy playing your part in a world record-breaking attempt, eh? That's what they're going to try and do on Sunday 17th down at the Marina Market. on Derham uh, joins me. You're going to try and get all of the... San, uh, Christmas jumpers, the record, do you know what the record is for the most amount of Christmas jumpers in one place at one time? Owen, good morning. Good morning, PJ, how are you? Good. Do you have a number on what needs to be beaten? We do, absolutely. So the current record stands at
13: 3,747 jumpers. Uh, It was in Kansas City at a basketball game in 2015, so that's the number to beat.
3: 3,000. Uh, Four hundred
13: and seventy-four. Three
3: 3,474. Now, your capacity down at the marina market in terms of actual bodies is what?
13: Well, it's, it, look, it, it won't affect. Like obviously, the marina market is, is over an acre big. Um, so, like, the area that we're planning to actually have people is probably outside. Um, get a drone up in the air and take the picture there. Um, so, you know, on a look, it's Christmas season It's it's not far off what we'd have at any one time On a Saturday and Sunday, you know So we just want to make sure everyone's wearing Christmas jumpers and, then, and see
3: if we can get our names in the books Now you'd like to people to register for it So they can be officially counted, is that right?
13: Yeah, so, like, breaking world record with Guinness Isn't, like, you know, it's you can't just kind of wing it um, You really have to show the evidence you need uh, videographers photographers you need registrations um so you know obviously just so they're not giving a world record to anyone mm-hmm. um and a few adjudicators and stuff like that so we're, we're doing it properly we um we want people to register so we know the numbers are there um and then just send out you know communications
3: emails all the rest of it sure. um on the updates and stuff so so you have an event right set up
13: yeah, yeah. So they're free tickets. On event bright registration is completely free. Um, we do have two charity partners with us, uh, CUH and Share uh, this year. Excellent. Um, so we're trying to go as as homegrown as possible, and we work with the guys all the time anyway. So, um, so there will be a charity aspect to it. Um, it's not part of the registration, but we hope to raise as much uh, money on the day as possible for these guys um, and just make it a feel good event. Okay, so
3: three hundred and three thousand four hundred and seventy five is the target. Is the target, yeah, yeah. We want to hit 4,000, yeah. You want to hit 4,000 and Are they registering already?
13: Yeah, we, we do have registration. Um, we're at about 100 now so far, which, look, we only release it there on uh, Monday, so sure. if, if these things take a little bit of time to get some steam. Um, but, right. yep, we're getting there. Um, I've run a few events in the past,
3: and usually people really start kicking in into the second week or yeah. the week of. Um, yeah, so. So you got yeah. from now until Sunday week. And that's important. The, the registration is what will count for the record, not just showing up. There's no point in showing up with your Christmas jumper on and not being registered.
13: Yeah, well, look, you can register on the day oh, or five
3: minutes before the
13: picture. Right. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah we're, 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 we'll definitely have uh, facilities for that. and um, You know what I mean? So we'll have a registration desk there. So anyone that wants to take involved, whether registered online or offline, um, we'll be able to, to, to take their information on the desk, give them wristband and, uh, yeah, hopefully break a world record. Um, we'll be providing music and
3: stuff on the day, so there'll that be a good it. vibe around. Oh, yeah. That'll yeah. be a great vibe to the market and plenty of food as well. All right, listen, Owen, good luck with it and let us know how the numbers are closer to the time and we'll see if we can't push it a bit harder for you. Yeah, I appreciate that, PJ. Thanks so much. Fantastic. Let's see if we get the most... Christmas jumpers ever recorded in the one place ever, in the one photograph. The record stands, according to the Guinness Book of Records, the three three thousand four 3,474. They want to try and get 4,000 there. On Sunday, the 17th of December between half twelve and two down at the Marina Market. Go to eventbrite.ie and register, or you can register on the day. Let's make it happen. Right. Aileen Hurley is in Bandon. Aileen... Hi. Hi. You need to give me three answers. Here we go. Hold on. That's it. I'm not going. <laughs> okay, let's start with the song.
6: Andy, do they know it's Christmas yet?
3: That was the easy one. Then the movie was the tough one for me.
6: The Green Shoe Saw Christmas.
3: You got it in one. And the last sound was?
6: Uh, open fire crackling
3: alright well you've got yourself a 250 euro voucher for magical blarney at the blarney Woolen mills go and enjoy I'm sure you've got smallies to bring have you
6: I do I have like three of them
3: oh and they're all looking forward to Santa uh,
6: they are they're they have my head wrecked for us <laughs>
3: <But, yeah. laughs> what, what age is the they Aileen
6: um, 8, 4 and 1
3: oh god bless and spare you Oh, yeah. you have my sympathies.
6: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm only well, the eight-year-old like, is kind of allergic, but yeah. he still believes But he's allergic to me. A, and the four and the one-year-old are all excited.
3: It's a massive time of the year. It's a great time of the year for them. It's such massive. fun. It's such fun. Alien, you go and enjoy on us, all right? Oh Thank you so much. On to Magic Blarney. Take care, and a happy Christmas to you and all, the, and, all, and all the smallies. And we'll do that again tomorrow with another set of clues. And we've lost more. And we're out of time. And it's just manic. It's bonkers, but it's great. And that's it. Programme edited by Ima Hey, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All of your podcasts up ASAP. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine.
2: Join the conversation.
1: This is the Opinion Line. With
2: Hidden Hearing. focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. March
1: 96 FM. Planning
0: for your next trip?